All right, welcome to another episode of the Modern Life Podcast. I am Sam, joined today by Stacy. Hello. And Tabby. Hello. And we're talking about season 11 of The Great British Bake Off, the most recent season that finished, I don't know, about three months ago mm -hmm. was the season finale. So we're a little bit late to the party, but we love The Great British Bake Off, so that's what we're talking about today. Hello, bakers. Welcome to the 10. Same old bake-off. This is it. Familiar, comforting, lovely. You ready? Those magic words? Yes. Okay, I'll set you up, yeah? Okay. You say it. All right, okay. okay. On your mark. Bake. <laughs> Before we get going, we got some modern thoughts, some stuff that's on our mind. Who wants to start? Um, I can go first. All right. I am halfway through a book called Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's by Casey McQuiston, and it came out in 2019. It was all over the internet, Bookstagram. Everybody loved it. I'm just now getting to it. Um, it was a New York Times bestseller, and Amazon pretty much bought the film rights uh, right away. Huh. So this book is a bit of a like alternative history. After Obama's term... In this book, mm -hmm. America gets its first female president, a Democrat from Texas. So in this book, instead of Trump becoming president, um, this is what happens. The first son, Alex, um, he has a bit of a beef with Henry, who is the Prince of Wales, also from like an alternative version of the royal family. Okay. At a royal wedding event, they get into a bit of a tiff and knock over this very expensive wedding cake. And to make up each of their country's like relations, they fake this friendship and go to all these events. And it turns out they hate each other less than they thought. So if you need a break from the president egging on white supremacists to storm the Capitol, <laughs> you need a bit of like a fantasy alternate dimension, I would recommend this book. It's very, very funny and heartwarming. So it's a rom-com between the president yeah. of the United States the, and... The son, the first son the and the <laughs> Prince of Wales. So it's very, very funny. <laughs> I don't even know what I just heard. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. My modern thought is about a video game I've been playing. It's a little uh, indie game called Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Which is only one of the most sold video games, if not the most sold of all time. Actually, no, I think Grand Theft Auto V is the most sold. Anyways, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is this open world Wild West game that came out what, over two years? Maybe three years ago? It's oh, not really? a new game. No, it probably came out two years ago. But I always hesitated to buy it because I heard either people loved it or people hated it. And the stuff that people listed from the camp of the people that didn't like the game kind of turned me off. So I never bought it. And then it was on sale during our second quarantine here. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to... Because I love the first game. And I'm going to give this a try. And I'm having just the best time with it. Even though there's a bunch of really dumb stuff, like you have to clean your horse and you have to wear the proper clothing when it's cold out, you know, all that fun stuff that you look for in video games, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> besides all these things that drag the game down, overall, the game is actually just to spend time in this Wild West era and the, I mean, the graphics are beautiful and 
even though this is a game from Rockstar, a lot of the characters are actually I care about. Not like, I mean, Rockstar, if you don't play video games, is known for having some pretty shitty, bland characters. Characters are just assholes or they're just weird. They're just kind of one-dimensional. And actually, the a lot of the characters here in this game are really fleshed out and detailed and people that I care about and... I'm just having a good old time riding around the old uh, west on my horsey. Um, it's weirdly calming during quarantine. Mm. It's like a little, mm. you know, let's get to ride around <laughs> and shoot just stuff. Just another alternate dimension. <laughs> instead I'm, just, of I'm glad I bought it and I see all the flaws in it. And I agree with, you know, everything that's been said about the game. But I'm also having a really good time with it. So, nice. yeah, it worked out. It's worth it. Yeah. All right, so I guess that leads me. Mine is just kind of uh, giving props to a creative idea. Oxnard restaurants have signed up with... Oxnard, a, California? Oxnard, California. It's a local thought. Sorry. Has signed up with all the restaurants in the area and a local radio station, Q95.9 FM. I've heard that one, yeah. Anyway, they uh, basically are doing a restaurant week um, where they're... First day is like drinks to go. Second day is like food from a Latin country. Third day is like wild card Wednesday, Asian food, European food. They have like something's planned each day of the week. And if you go there, you purchase something and then you snap a picture, post it on your Instagram account. Basically, every picture is an entry. And at the end, there's like a $500 gift card. And it's basically to promote restaurants in the area and kind of encourage people to kind of help the restaurants stay afloat. Just a kind of creative way to... Uh, Mm -hmm. support local businesses i thought it was mm -hmm. cool it was kind of something upbeat that was in the news today so yeah well and i think something that you're touching on too is the instagram thing the social media presence that through covid you know that process is sped up you really can no longer survive unless you have an online portal or an online you know system for people to find you yeah or you have to be like able to order on your website how many restaurants either didn't have a website or had a shitty website mm -hmm. that was just like, here's our info. Like if, if I go to your restaurant's website and I can't order food directly off, you know, from mm -hmm. it, like that's like, that's a problem. <laughs> well, not even just restaurants, bookstores, you yeah, know, any store. Like everything. And I'm, I mean, kudos. It seems like a lot of businesses got up to speed with it yeah. really fast, but yeah. it's definitely a necessity. Got to have your virtual stuff figured out these mm -hmm. days. Yeah. Definitely uh, pushed everybody into the next generation. Mm -hmm. Well, especially because the alternative is you get your online orders through places like DoorDash and they take like up to 30% of your profit off the top. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you want a direct online portal where people can order from? So nice. Let's dive into the great British Bag Off. Oh, I feel like there's going to be a lot of accents. There's going to be a lot of accents. <laughs> Um, where do we even start with this? Tabby, I'm, I, you probably have an idea. I don't even know. Well, just to kind of give everyone an idea, I'm a professional pastry cook. That is my job. I got my pastry degree, which was like a around nine-month program. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, this show, just watching all these home bakers go on this very intense televised time pressure show mm -hmm. every time i watch it i'm i'm just in awe of how they manage it you know and how well they do and i think once you know everything that is really involved and all the things that they are asked to make on mm. this baking show you <laughs> can appreciate it even more 
you know, I don't. Some, some of these people are so good at baking, and they have. They're just like, oh, I do it in my spare time, and I have two yeah. kids and a job. Like the other, you know, part of the day. I mean, it's crazy how good some of these people are. But then they're also asked to do some stuff that's completely unrealistic, and we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this season, even more than last season, some parts of it comes off the rails a little bit where they're like, well, we're like 11 seasons into this mm -hmm. and we have to just come up with like, instead of a good challenge, it has to just be a crazy challenge. So it's entertaining. Yeah, there were a few of those, but for the most part, I liked all the challenges. Yeah. The first challenge, the first episode you're watching of this season these people are asked to build a person out of cake. <laughs> even even as a professional baker, that's crazy. you would never have experience doing that. Like that's not a normal thing that you would do even as even if you're getting paid for it as a job. So but some of them like nail it. So I don't it's nuts. Yeah. I mean I, they do get to practice a little, but still, like you're making a bust of a person yeah. with cake. I like where do you start? Yeah. Is there any like consultants? on the show where they like help people with their stuff or are they just uh, no but you do own? have to send in all your ideas ahead of time for the first few weeks okay so there's always somebody approving it and telling you oh no this there's no surprises in you showing up and making something and but it just doesn't the first meet couple the weeks because there was a few times where especially uh what's her name hermine would be like oh you know i i scrapped the recipe and like Here's a new one I came up with last night. There was like one challenge where she did that. From what I've heard, you have to kind of stick to mm. the plan. And that is to prevent not just, you know, you doing something and it doesn't actually meet the requirements, but also people copying one another. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he did something that worked really well. So I'm going to copy that for next week. You, right. if you, I think you always have to get something new approved mm. so even if you go out the first week you will have turned in all your bakes for all the other weeks and have done all that work for all those weeks yeah that makes sense um i think another really significant part of this season was also you know covid and everything yeah. they had to do to put these people in an isolated bubble i think i saw a little bit of an effort for them to be taught in any kind of health code stuff because again these people are home bakers they don't work in gastronomy they made them tie up their hair finally but still you see people blowing on food dropping in picking it up again oh, i mean that so is something gross. that has always bothered me on the show that these people really have no the sanitation the sanitation <laughs> is just yeah and i i was hoping for a little bit of a higher level of that this season with covid and everything which wasn't there <laughs> but at least it seems like everybody was isolated everybody was in quarantine they had everybody tested uh twice from mm -hmm. what i read so at least nobody got COVID. and yeah, all the, the film crew and everything too right yes. they had to make a whole mm -hmm. bubble how many week challenges are there in total there are nine episodes right i should have looked this up do they does it actually take nine weeks to film or do they like yes normally it? normally okay. not for this one because they had to keep everybody there i actually think that's a much better way mm. to film it because it's faster and you get to practice there and just focus right. on it because you always hear these stories of people going back for a week and like oh i had to yeah, write crazy. my doctorate this week it's and crazy. also practice for chocolate week <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping they kind of stick with this, honestly, because it seems to be... Well, it makes more sense. It makes more sense. Have, 
okay, you are like at this compound, and as long as you make it the next week, like you get to stay here, yeah. right? Like Big Brother reality TV show. Well, they style. have the money now. They're still not getting right. a prize at the end to the poor contestants, but to have these people, <laughs> they have to come in, do the shoot, and then they take the train back home. You know, and like it's it seems very strange to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if you make it to the final week? That's nine weeks of constantly back and forth and no, thank practicing you. baking. I mean, it's just, why don't you just stay there? And I know they give them some money to practice these things, but from what I've read from interviews, it's it's not Minimal, enough. Minimal, yeah. Like your prizes, you get, a you get like a guaranteed <laughs> book deal usually. <laughs> yes, um, but that is also a really interesting part. So Nancy Bird Orsel, she was saying in an interview how... Yes, you have somebody approach you mm -hmm. about a book deal, but her book didn't come out until like well, a year ago. She, mm -hmm. she was a winner from a while ago because she has now spent all this time and creative energy coming up with all these recipes mm -hmm. that are not hers. They're owned by the, the BBC or Netflix. Mm -hmm. So people approach you for a book deal and you're like, oh, I, you have to come up with what? 30 recipes that are maybe Wait, in... You, why, why are your recipes owned by the BBC? Because they were on the TV because show? Because they were on the show, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's weird. So it's like, yeah, that's nice, but still... Huh. <laughs> like, you don't... So, just... you, so immediately they own all the recipes? Mm -hmm. That's not okay. You, that's pretty normal. You can find yeah. all of them online, which I have tried some of them, and whoever is putting those recipes on there... <laughs> There's a bunch of really weird stuff on there. I think I made one of Prue's. I think it was the Tortoise de Valley or something. The mirror glaze was totally wrong. It was way too much gelatin. And then mm. it also told you to make a Genoese, which Prue always says that's her favorite, the Genoa sponge. Um, but the instructions for it were not the instructions for a Genoise. So mm. it's like they have all these recipes. And sometimes you look at them online and you're like, I don't know if this is right. <laughs> well yeah it's like what the bbc baking division like no it's just it's like some poor intern trying to pull right. these recipes together <laughs> just seem that seems like a dumb way to go about it and also just because you're a good baker or you're a celebrity chef or that does not mean you're a good writer that does not mean you're good yeah. at conveying to other people how to make these That's true. you know recipes and yeah because some some people they bake with the heart they don't have all the measurements down <laughs> Let's talk about the judge. No, not the the hosts. I think we got a lot to say about the hosts. Go ahead. So yeah. you have Noel, who was Noel. Yeah. Noel. Sorry, Noel came on. <laughs> He's been on a few seasons now, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. three, four. Yeah, and I thought he worked really well with Sandy, the girl who was on before that. Mm -hmm. I thought they made a yeah. really good team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they had really good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And so Sandy left last last season was her last one, I think, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they brought on this guy, Matt. I mean, he's like a character. Like, I've, I've seen him in a bunch of British movies, I feel like. Like, I, def I recognized him. And he was, I mean, for me, he was very hit and miss. I don't know. I really didn't like him at the beginning. And then he grew on me a little bit. And then it just fell flat for me, like, looking back mm -hmm. at the whole season. I just... Like, even though uh, Noel and Matt, they seem to have some chemistry, and it's obviously hard if it's your first season filming together. I think it's about as much chemistry as you can have together. I just didn't find Matt funny. I just feel like everything he did seemed rehearsed. Like, he already had come up mm -hmm. with it, and it was a stick, and it, like, never came off genuine or real. I don't know. It was just, like, the way he delivered it always fell flat to me. 
Well, I think their d- dynamic was just off because yeah. now mm-hmm. you have two quirky people mm-hmm. there, whereas before you had somebody kind of doing more of the emotional work that's involved with being a host. Yeah. You know, when somebody breaks down, you have to go over to them and be like, mm-hmm. hey, it's just a stupid cake or like trying to make them laugh or kind of bring the situation, bring some levity to yeah, the, the show. Yeah, the straight man. Because Noel, Noel's pretty, yeah, he's super quirky. Right, but then Noel had to kind of step into that role. Right. And then you still have Matt not really comfortable there. Like, I felt like just as hosts, there was no comparison to either Sandy mm-hmm. or Mel and Sue from the very beginning. Yeah. So Yeah, Matt just seemed really awkward, could never be serious in those moments, right? He's always, still has to, right. like, joke and... Yeah, it's just not that funny most of the time. I mean, I love Noel, and I hope he sticks around, but I don't... I feel like they have to find someone else for the Matt guy. Or Matt steps into, you know, nah, his own for the Maybe. Maybe it's season. just hard being on the first season. I don't know. Yeah. But that was definitely a little hit and miss. The hosts. The judges? So you have Prue and Paul. Some articles I read do not... There was one article that said... Paul needed a... Who was the judge before Prue? Mary Barry. Mary Barry. There was one article I read who was saying that... Like, Mary Barry was such kind of a... Like, balanced out Paul's being... You know, kind of shtick of being an a-hole all the Mm -hmm. time. Better than Prue does. And how Paul doesn't... You know, Paul's shtick doesn't work with what Prue does. And I I don't honestly agree with that. I kind of like the judges. I don't have a problem with them at all. No, I think they're both fine. Yeah. And I don't think Paul was that bad this season. No, me they neither. Didn't, I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of cooled down. Like, I remember mm-hmm. last season and every episode, you know, Paul's in the corner giving someone the stink eye. And that happened here, <laughs> but not nearly as much as I remember. I feel like Paul has softened up a little bit. And the whole handshake thing is not as... Like, it used to be all the time and so cheesy, right? And now he's not hes not giving out the handshakes as much. It's a little more selective. I feel like he calmed, he calmed down on his ego a little bit. And again, a lot of that is just shtick for TV, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's like how Gordon Ramsay's kind of calmed down over the years. Right. You know? <laughs> Gordon Ramsay should just yell 24-7 and he's a little, he's calming down. Um, I don't know, but I like the judges. What do you guys think? The judges worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion Never on them either no, way. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm totally fine with them. I love Prue's weird glasses and uh, shirts and necklaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think something that actually was a lot better this season too was the editing around the deliberation scenes, mm-hmm. um, the roundtable scenes. There's a lot more of that. There was a lot more, and there were actually a few episodes where they had two roundtable moments mm-hmm. um, because I think that was where the show really fell apart before mm-hmm. because the editing tries to surprise you at the end. So mm-hmm. it will only show you them talking about Jimmy Joe mm-hmm. was really bad, but then in the end it's not Jimmy Joe who goes, it's right. Susie May right. or whatever the hell, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. And then you're sitting there and you're like, what? Like, that's, this isn't fair. And then you go on Twitter and you're harassing Jimmy Joe or Susie May or whatever. Is that what you were doing? <laughs> that's what happens out. with this show. <laughs> no, I don't even use Twitter. Yeah, but I think this time they really honed in on, no, we really have to explain to people at home who cannot taste mm-hmm. what the judges are tasting, why they arrived at right. the decision they did. Like, it should not be a surprise at the end, whoever gets sent home. Yeah, you got more insight into, like, why mm-hmm. they're doing the decisions that they're doing. 
And honestly, sometimes I would feel so strongly one way and then I'd kind of look back at all the challenges of that episode. I'm like, oh, you, like, mm-hmm. like your own perception of how someone does gets tainted sometimes. Then you look back at how they actually did on the challenges and you're like, oh, I guess they didn't do that great. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like someone's doing better than they actually are and you kind of have to look back. Oh, yeah, okay. The first challenge actually didn't do that good. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I remembered them doing better. Because you're trying to squeeze two days into one hour of TV. Right. Yeah. You know, so you have to show people what the reality is in the best way possible. And there wasn't one episode where I was like, oh, I disagree with the judges. Like, it always made sense to me why that person was going home. Whereas in previous seasons, you know, I was like, wait, why is this person going home now? I thought they did really well or... Yeah. There was definitely more of an explanation from the judges and it kind of like went through the challenges a little bit more and explained what their thought process was. So there was, it made more sense. Yeah, you weren't surprised at who was going home, but I was surprised at who's staying, Laura. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Laura. <laughs> Laura was a person who just was not oh great for TV, God. but I believe she was actually a really good baker. Every time they tasted her stuff, it was really good. I mean, in the final, and they've never said this before, in the final right away, they're like, well, Laura's just kind of here participating. Like, we're not considering her for, you well, know, because star she baker. Does, she, the, the first day, she totally <laughs> right. botched it. So there was just no way she was going to win right. in the final episode. And her flavors were always good, but... She, she was, was just a hot mess. Always hot crying. Mess. There was just cake batter everywhere at all <laughs> times. She's like not... She's, not good tv yeah she's like trying to pour milk and the tent is flooding i'm like why can't you just pour milk i think i think baking on the radio would be a better medium so i don't have to i don't have to look at her hot mess all the time i just never want to step foot in her kitchen like ever right. ever I'm sure she's a very nice person, but it was just a hot mess. Oh, she's the person who, to me, exemplifies what a home baker really sure. is. Because yeah. these things that you're asked to do, you're never going to do this at home. No. You're never going to have all the molds to make the little mini cheesecakes or the this or the that. And really, all your family cares about is mm-hmm. if it tastes good and they're going to eat it all. They don't care if you have the little twill decorations yeah. on there. So she seemed to have that really on lockdown. Um, oh no, wait, is there 10? I'm sorry, I think there's 10 weeks. 10 no. weeks? You know what? No, I'm looking at it here right now. There's 10 weeks. Correction, mid-podcast. There's 10 <laughs> weeks, not 9 weeks. So Laura, and this is when I was just yelling at the TV every week. From week 6 to 9, Laura was one of the least favorite bakers. According to this chart on Wikipedia, which feels right in my heart, <laughs> it says... <laughs> She was one of the judges' least favorite bakers for that week, three out of those four weeks. And she, like, squeezed by elimination <laughs> so many She's times. She's a fighter. I was like, and then she, all of a sudden she was in the final. And I'm like, how is she in the final? <laughs> like, Laura just, yeah, she's a fighter. She's a survivor. Like, <laughs> She was by far the most surprising person yeah. to make it to the yeah. final. I, I like could not believe it in week nine when she did not get eliminated. It's like, oh my god, like this lady's gonna be in the final. <laughs> so spoiler alert, I think we can say who the winner is, right? It's not. We're three months after the show here, so Peter, who wins the show, and I remember you thought Dave was gonna win it. 
Because you're like, oh, the young person never wins. Not there's always, usually, there's no. There's always that one really young kid, and they sometimes make it, you know, week five or six. And they then usually don't out. have the composure mm-hmm. to like finish because it's like the pressure usually gets to the youth. But I mean, how old was Peter? Like eighteen? Really? Yeah, it's something really young. Oh he was the like youngest God. one to win. Yeah, yeah. He was so young. But he had such great like time management 20. and I think like he's twenty. Yeah, he always had it together. Like, no matter what was going on, he was always really calm. No, it was nuts. He was just cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Peter. Yeah, and what, what Stacy said, I think you really saw that in people like Mac and Linda. Mm-hmm. Mac was my personal favorite, and he left in week two. So, for example, when Linda left, you know, she's not crying. She's like, oh, this was fun. I'm going home now. Mm-hmm. You know, these people who have a family and who are older and who are just like, right. I'm, just on, I'm just on this right. show. Like, right. you know, it's always nice to see that people kind of keep their... Yeah, it was Linda together. and then the other, the older guy, Rowan. Oh, Rowan, who... And every week, they're just, like, they're just having a good time there because they've lived, they've lived a full right. life. And they're like, yeah, like this is cool, but like what? You know, right. I have like 10 years left at best, you know? Oh, so shut just, up. <laughs> so I'm just We're back on the age time. thing. Oh, you're such I'm an ageist. But then, yeah, it's the younger people that are just like, they're really trying to prove something. And yeah. they have that fire in their belly, and the older people—they're just like, I don't, I don't need to prove yeah. shit. <laughs> like I have, I've raised five kids; they're all in their forties. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. <laughs> I love when they—I think it was the Florentine challenge—and they were asking Rowan, like, "Why did you put a whole slab of like modeling chocolate waistcoats <laughs> on your Florentines? Like, did you practice mm-hmm. this?" And he's like, "Yeah." Like, did you finish in time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing around. <laughs> Which is fun and it's good for TV, but it's also infuriating. That, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that person is taking someone else's spot and maybe true. really cares about this. <laughs> and you got to remember these, you know, the showrunners. It's not just all about picking the best baking talent. You have to make like a squad of people that are going to work on TV, right? Because you need different characters to have interesting TV. You can't just have, you know... 15 Peters. <laughs> I'm saying you need your Peter who's a straight man. Right, you need right. Mark, the drunk right. Irish guy. And you need Rowan, like, not drunk. The, the older gay guy who loves gardening. There's always one of those every season. Oh, there's always and a Lottie. There's always, like, the, always a lottie. the, the, the alternate, kind of, yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> the manic pixie dream girl. A, a, alternative girl um, who grows on you over the season. She, op- she slowly opens up as she gets to know everybody. Um... <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's other qualified, more qualified bakers who didn't make it on the show, but maybe they just don't work in that cast together either. Maybe, yeah. I don't know how they how they make know. the decisions. Um, One editing piece that will never change and that will know the shit out of me always <laughs> is the time calls. They edit the time calls in with the footage of the bakers baking, and it never makes any sense. Five seconds, McGruber. Yeah, five seconds, McGruber. They're like just putting the cake in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you think I'm stupid? Like, I... Yeah, I mean, the editors. Yeah. I don't... I don't... Yeah. It'll be like one minute remaining. Like, and... 30 seconds left, guys, and it's someone, like, just pulling the cakes out and right. putting icing on it. I'm like, I don't no. know. I kind of feel like maybe the editors probably don't understand the grasp of like what, what baking bake? is because I right, find that most of those for. like editor, editor people are like right. not people that are in the kitchen 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, it's a little... Yeah. Like a lot of people that watch this, I'm sure like 
baking or even, you know, mm -hmm. like they know how to make brownies in the kitchen, right. you know, even if they're not, if they don't know how to do anything else. So, you know, there's 30 seconds left. You're not yeah. just putting your brownies in the oven. <laughs> it feels disjointed at times. Yeah. And then especially with, with the music playing over it. And it's trying to do this drama thing, and I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Well, it's trying it. to create this tension that you don't need, because it's just, yeah. there's already plenty of other stuff going on. You know, someone's ice cream is melting, or someone dropped one of their little cakes on the floor, so you don't need to make it more dramatic than it already is. Like, there's plenty of stuff going on. Don't need the dramatic music with, like, oh my god, there's only two seconds left. <laughs> Another thing that will always annoy me is this show is filmed during the summer and every season they're mm. like it's hot today what like they're yeah, surprised like, that it's summer every time like paul have some ice cream cake challenge and prue's like oh you you know you're a naughty boy you i can't believe you picked this <laughs> challenge for these people and then paul will be like oh i didn't know it was gonna be hot <laughs> it's like, like yeah paul, right. you've been here what 11 seasons <laughs> it's always hot <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see sweaty people uh, on on TV. I don't care that you don't know what an air conditioning unit is. Like, you're making these people cook in a plastic tin. It's not. None of that even matters that much. It's if you pay attention to the fridges and freezers they give these people. They're not. It's infuriating. I, I should look up what the technical term is. Right. Your your normal fridge has. Mm -hmm has that actual motor that's like blowing cold air in. Mm -hmm. And the freezers and fridges they get is like the little fridge we have at our bar here at home where it's not, it, it's the refrigerating liquid is like running through the wall so there's no airflow. And so when you need something cooled really fast, th those, those fridges don't work very well because you need that cold air blowing on it to also get rid of, if you're putting something hot in there, you need that airflow to kind of uh, circulation. Uh, well, and, and evaporate yeah. anything because it happened multiple times where they put their whatever you know ice cream cake in the freezer, and because the way those freezers work, it just starts condensating in there, and then and then the ice or like the cold liquid is dripping under mm -hmm. their cake. Like it's why can't we get these people like you don't you know you don't just need a commercial a commercial grade <laughs> fridge, just like a regular fridge and freezer. I don't know why that's so hard. The ice cream challenge was the one that, probably the one that made me the most upset. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was awful. Yeah. It was not fun to watch because these people don't have what they need to do it. Because they keep saying and pretending this is home baking. If you're yeah. making an ice cream cake yeah. at home, you're going to leave that in the freezer yeah. overnight. Right. Even in the blast freezers that are thousands of dollars that we have at work, if I put something in there to freeze, it might take at least an hour <laughs> Yeah. Depending on how cold it is. Like 30 minutes to refreeze their ice cream. And then when they're like, oh, my ice cream's not setting. I'm like, it's not because... They don't have it's the proper equipment. It's not your fault. It's impossible. Or... It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just just know you have home bakers doing professional grade challenges. Don't pretend like... It's home baking. all home baking. Yes. Oh, in a little tent out in the country and it's home baking. Yes. It's like, no, if these people are going to do professional challenges, at least give them a decent refrigerator for god's sake and a fan yeah anyways i just find the the cutesy factor sometimes not appropriate when you try to do this cute little home baking well, thing and it's really right. well, uh, not even just professional but things not even a professional would be able to do in that short amount of time well it's trying to be cute in the wrong areas yeah you can get away with not having ac but at least give them the right equipment <laughs> like do either or
Or don't have an ice cream challenge in the middle of summer heat. Because that's just awful. These people barely have fans in this tent. They're always like, you know, they're grabbing a baking sheet and like, oh, oh my God, I can't <laughs> even like imagine. It's like, my God. It's people, not right. They have portable air conditioners. It's a thing. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about Japanese week? We're ready. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's do it. I don't even, I got I to pull up what the actual challenges were again. There, so, was, there was no mochi. That's all I know. <laughs> Apparently, Paul went to Japan and was mm. like, oh, we should do <laughs> Japanese. Wait, actually, this is a yeah. thing? Oh, God. It's like, maybe we should do Japanese week. Mm -hmm. He always goes on about how he hate, hates uh, green tea. And then their second challenge was making green tea <laughs> crepe, which a crepe is not. It's just a French crepe and you're putting matcha powder in it. Like, I get that they were trying to mm -hmm. give them something the bakers were familiar with and not go out of their comfort zone, but then don't do this halfway strange colonialist take on, mm. you know, Japanese culture. The steamed bun challenge was also so infuriating where they didn't use they didn't even use any Japanese flavors. They were making like burger steamed oh, buns. Everyone made like burger buns. Two. And like Two of them Indian curry something. And it's like, oh then, don't stop calling it Japanese week. Like it's just upsetting. Like you didn't make a single really like Japanese. I mean, there's a couple skill. good like kawaii. Was it kawaii cakes? Is that what it's called? Right. That was the showstopper. That was like the most Japanese thing, but everything else was. Yeah. That was not a good week. No. <laughs> And that has been commented on and criticized by actual Japanese people and people who know more about it. And I think rightly so, because it just wasn't it. It was like Asian week, you know, it wasn't Japanese week because yeah. there, there was a, yeah, like one guy's making curry, Dave made curry buns. I'm like, how was that? That doesn't seem very Japanese, unless. Oh, well, actually, curry is the most eaten dish is in it? Japan, I but I think know. they were using like Indian curry ingredients. Yeah, I, I remember him and... using. It wasn't. It, if I remember right, it was. He, I think he even said it at one point. I was using different flavors from like Asia, not just Japan. And I'm like, well, it's right. Japanese week. I don't feel like it's just the baker's fault either. I feel like whoever organized that week, oh, yeah. it wasn't. Was just kind of wishy-washy. It should, oh, yeah. should needed to be way more specific. It's not on the bakers at all. If these recipes got approved no. by the team, I'm, then... I'm gonna call. I'm gonna blame the judges. I mean, they're the ones ultimately coming up with the challenges, right? Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just make it broad. Just do like you know, call it Asian Week and or call do, it Asian if Fusion. If you're gonna do it that broad, <laughs> if you're gonna do Japanese Week, like it needs to be more yeah. specific and actually honor that honor the way that culture bakes desserts and pastries and i don't yep yeah it was whack yep. japanese and then the other challenge that was a complete disaster was uh brownie the brownie challenge oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> but i did love mark l kind of just joking afterwards and being like oh the people at home <laughs> yeah. are gonna think we don't know how to make brownies <laughs> so mark was my favorite he seemed to be drunk at all times he had a thick irish accent you had no idea what he was saying he was Irish? Mark? Was he? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm pretty... I didn't hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right here. Mark Lutton from Portertown, Northern Ireland. 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 <laughs> yeah, Brownie Week was a disaster. Was there any good brownie? No. It was like one of... They all were like dry, right? 
That was sad. <laughs> I also think brownies is one of those things that's deceivingly... The ingredients are really easy, but then you have to time the bake perfect. It's like it, one of those things that seems easier than it actually is. Yeah, and if you're looking for like a traditional brownie, then adding ingredients to it usually doesn't work. They were but, overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah, they were like adding so much stuff into their brownies. It's like, no, just keep it like the way they were meant to be. You don't need to add five toppings into it. <laughs> Can I say something else that mm -hmm. is always really weird to me? So the, the first person who left the show, Lo Loria, mm -hmm. it, it's strange to me when people go on the show and seem to have never watched an episode of The Great British Bake Off. Because yeah. she yeah. made something with bubblegum flavor and famously they hate these artificial flavors they don't like bubble gum they don't like fake what is it right she just put like the artificial flavors right there, and right? she was yeah. just su so surprised by them not liking it mm -hmm. and i'm like come on you know that prue likes alcohol that paul likes banana that they don't like spicy yeah, stuff but why do these like, people have to like cater to the the judges should be neutral this is a gaming show we it gotta shouldn't matter what the judges like <laughs> or like when what when Lottie was making the hamburger, I think it was the, Lottie and Mark, the steamed yeah. buns, and he's like, oh, I don't like pickles, and then complained that the one, because they made all the burgers the same except for one little one for Paul without pickle, and then he complained how it was dry, and it's like, well, that's what the relish is for, but you don't want relish. <laughs> yeah. Like, they shouldn't be able to influence, it's like, just eat what the bakers make. Well, I, don't, I don't give a shit what you like. If you're a judge, it's not about what you like. Right. It's about the quality of the ingredients or That's how they work. That's the one bun. thing that bugged that, me. It, yeah. that, it bothers me a little bit, too. Yeah, but I think most chefs are not going to go for... like Because sometimes they'll put in lemon oil instead of actual lemon, and they always that. hate that. Same with the like. Oh, I'm not talking about the artificial and... thing. I hate artificial flavors right. in food, so I understand not I wanting to put that valid, in there. I think that's valid, but sometimes they take it to this whole other level of... Agreed. Yeah. They're, they're so like especially Paul is so spoiled at this point being yeah. there the you know the entire show and it's like no you need to you need to calm down you need to step back a little and like it's this is not about catering to your taste buds that's not the point of this yeah Paul yeah man no handshake for you um I actually really liked all the most of the signature or the what are, what are they called technical challenges when they don't know what they're mm -hmm. baking there was the babka the multicolored bagels eclairs these are all kind of regular normal mm -hmm. things which i think is good for a technical challenge yeah. it shouldn't be too over the top i actually also really like the suet pudding because suet is an ingredient you really don't see anymore it, things like lard all these mm -hmm. all these things are really going away out of baking so it's kind of fun to yeah, see it on TV and play around with it. Even in the U.S., yeast has gone away ever since baking powder was invented. So hmm. it's a very shifting right. modern landscape. And I think it's a good challenge to have these bakers experience some other ingredients sure. that they wouldn't normally find at home. Yeah, no, I, I think the technical challenges were really good. I didn't actually find one that uh, like annoyed me. It was the showstopper challenges mm. that tend to <laughs> be way too much. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. just it, it almost becomes like not about like the flavor it's more about the presentation and it like for some reason it just always seemed so ridiculous like why do i need a cage over a fucking cake <laughs> like please explain to me what the point that. of that is <laughs> like i know it's a thing i know it's pretty but it's like it had, serves no purpose i don't know it just some of the showstoppers i i really had like a problem yeah. with. i liked all the technical challenges but that i mean that's something you and i just 
not everyone has a problem with that. So yeah, I we, know. We deal with cocktails, right? And tell the do, people. Tell the people. So Stacy and I have our own company that does mobile bartending, among other things. It's everything's imbibe related. We do everything related to drinks, and so you know you have to have your Instagram presence. And some people they'll make these elaborate, beautiful pictures with these drink garnishes that just would never be practical in an actual event. But some people love that, like the whole the picturesque thing of it. That's this like cage for the cake this thing that uh -huh. looks great but the second actually anyone needs to eat it like you just have to toss that like what are you gonna do with this cage i hate waste <laughs> okay so if i hate waste then why am i creating a bunch of food that i'm literally not supposed to eat that it is just there for like presentation i'm like yeah. okay so i have the cage is there i just put all this money into the ingredients <laughs> to put it over my cake so that i can take it off my cake and throw it in the trash <laughs> Well, presentation <laughs> presentation is super important, but yeah, what I don't what, what we don't like is like presentation that's not practical. Yeah, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. But I think some I feel like other people don't always care about that. Yeah, I know. You know, when I get like a slice of cake and there's like a like stuff you can't eat that's just for garnish. Like, oh, here's a giant twig of mint leaves. Like, oh, I, like I'm like I don't want that. Like, well, like when we watched uh, the Baba, what's his name, the the cooking show we like on uh, YouTube, the one with just the hands. Binging with Babbage. Yeah. And he had the line, he had to make the key lime pie. And he was talking about the line that you have to put on there for presentation. For yeah, purposes. Like, and he has stuff like, he just toss like it. tosses it after he puts it on. Cause it's like, it's there for, it's pretty, but it's not edible. And it's, it's just, <laughs> a, it's just a but line. That's, that's our thing. We don't I like know, impractical. But I can still comment on my thing. Cause it's yes. my opinion. <laughs> um, there was one technical challenge that did not make any sense, and I think that the judges realized it didn't make any sense. Which one was that? The horn cornucopia challenge, where they had to make a horn. Yeah. Out of oh, yeah. Oh, that was week. That was the week before the final. That was week nine. Yes, but they had to pipe melted chocolate swirls, then put them in the fridge, mm -hmm. and then place them on. And this was also on one of the oh, oh it's hot, one of the oh, hottest days. The instructions did not say to temper the chocolate, and mm. also based on the time allotted, there was no time to actually temper it. Hmm. So every time the bakers took it out, because none of them either thought to temper it or realized there really was no time to do that, it just melted. And you could see every one of them being like, oh, it's just melting over the thing, because of course it's mm -hmm. hot, it's not tempered chocolate, it's going to just kind of dissolve. And Prue, this was Prue's challenge, I believe, and she didn't comment on a single one of the chocolate things. Mm. So I think she realized that either her right. instructions were wrong or that the just the challenge was... That was an extra step that just wasn't physically possible. Yeah. Well, who were your guys? So my favorite was Mark. Who was your favorite of the bunch? Uh, you were talking about Mark L. I really hey, love Mark, Mark with a K. I loved Mac. I was rooting for Mean, and then also Mark E seemed to be. You just named three people. You got to pick a favorite. I don't. I can't. Come on. I liked Mark E. He seemed really Nobody nice. Nobody liked Dave. He was creepy. <laughs> Dave was. He warmed up towards the end. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he seemed like a serial killer to me. He was nice. <laughs> he just seemed like. What was the sh serial killer show on TV? Uh, there's a million of them. Dexter. Dexter. You reminded oh, me of Dexter. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So that was that was my way of describing him because that's that's he had that look about him where it was like there was something behind his eyes at all times. Well, her mean was a good time, but she just had the 
thickest accent. I never knew what she was saying. Oh, but you like Mark, who you I, I could understand. actually make out words with Mark. No, I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> I liked Helene. She was my favorite. <laughs> I mean, was really nice. Yeah. Mark would bad. always Mark would start every episode looking normal, and then as the challenges progressed, his face would get more and more red. Yeah. So yes. my theory was he had a little flask of Jameson down there. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it was really hot. <laughs> what else? What else is there to say about this show? Dave didn't know how to do caramel. That's okay. Oh, he God. just can't. It's, it's frustrating watching Oof. it from home. And he's just stirring it and stirring it. And I'm like, I just want to smack the spoon out of his hand. Like, just don't touch it. Yeah, there'd don't be stuff it. like that every once in a while. Where, like, there'd be these very basic things. Like, I know how to make caramel. But it's... it's and Dave's like, it's third try, and he still can't make the caramel. Like, what's stirring going it, on stirring here? It. It's always really easy to say that from home. I guess. Like, sitting on the couch. Where you're not under pressure yeah. and have, like, a time thing, and you're, Whatever, like, man. stressing out. And you're one second away from heat stroke. Yes. Um, <laughs> justice for the bakers. Justice. Yeah, I think everyone did really well. I think every season they have this incredible talent on mm. there and it's just a show that was a nice little escape mm -hmm. do, you, do you like the the savory challenges yes you do like the savory yeah. challenges like well i mean there was like a couple savory challenges and sometimes i find that like bakers at home aren't as mm -hmm. good at the savory challenges you can tell which of them are and which of them aren't yeah, yeah i'm it's not just... I, I don't do well with cooking savory stuff. One of the challenges was um, pasties, Cornish pasties. I tried to make them the other day, and the dough didn't cook, and the meat inside was completely overcooked. And just the juice and the fat when you're working with meat is completely That's different. That's a whole other thing, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just, I, that was, a, I always struggle with those because I'm like, I, I know it's like a, it's like a it's like a completely different category than baking to mm -hmm. me. It's like, it's a savory bake, and it's, completely different ingredients i don't know yeah it's still important to know though so i i, I understand why they why they, they threw include it in them. there yeah. yeah i mean they cover so many different challenges it's important to know that even if you're a professional you would either be a bread baker or you know doing right. cakes and then and then chocolate is its own thing like you would get that from a chocolate Chocolatier, mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't necessarily own a tempering machine or be making chocolates, even if you do own a bakery. So, in the world of baking, all these things are so highly specialized, and expecting these yeah. home bakers to know all that, yeah, they're they're all just doing a really well, great job. My mind was that when they had to do the jelly art, and everyone seemed to be so good at like jelly art. Which I know. I don't know. If, I don't know how hard it is. It looks it, it hard. Looks hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people making these really pretty elaborate designs i'm like yeah like, what is that like that's not a thing you would be doing at home like how do these people know how to do jelly art yeah and and it's like, also very 70s people don't really work with jelly or eat it or yeah i, 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 I wouldn't want really to cool. eat it it right? looks really beautiful but <laughs> it, it doesn't like look that, appetizing <laughs> when they're like injecting all these cool color patterns i'm like that yeah. looks good no, I still didn't want to no. eat it. I just wanted to look at it. Yeah, people don't eat <laughs> jelly anymore, huh? I do think the show is now becoming so big that hopefully for the next season they will have the same airing date for the UK and for the US. Even though it's streaming on Netflix, yeah, the US was that? like a day behind. And so then weird. They were spoiled for who the winner was. So I think they're realizing that it's becoming mm -hmm. too too big of a phenomenon. Well, it's not like you have to translate the show or anything. Right. Like, why is it airing on different... I know, it's very yeah. weird. 
But that's it. That's all my thoughts on the Great British Bake Off. It was a, it was a good time. It's always a good it's time. Always a good time. We looked forward to every week. But yeah, I think that's it. You yeah. can find us on our website, modernlifepodcast.com. Email us, modernlifepod at gmail.com. And find us on Instagram and Twitter at modernlifepod. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.